listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. The bonus hour of Miller and Moulton on this Friday. Hope you've had a good week. What do you got in store for the weekend? Little this going that in the sports world. It's actually a fascinating time. It's uh, last weekend of the conference season for the small conferences in college basketball, second to last weekend for the major conferences. I mean, remember, March Madness starts. I mean, the full field tournament's 20 days from now. It's three weeks yesterday. And this sucker's almost over. <laughs> Many of you are like, well, now I may have to start paying attention <laughs> so I can fill out my brackets and what have you. Every night's important, though, Mark. We remarked. I mean, we follow Shelby Mast in Bracket Wag. We think he's really good. He's accurate. And he updates it every day. He either does it before he goes to bed or he does it and he gets up at a ridiculous hour and he does it so that even we can have it updated when we go on it. Like Michigan's win last night, Mark. Their first team out. So you think of the week they've had because they were like sixth team out when the week started. Right. Beat Sparty last weekend at home. Good win against Rutgers on the road on the last road. night. Right. Rutgers, a tournament team. Rutgers They're lost four of their team. last five, by the way. Now they lost their best player. That'll do it. Yeah, it, it really will. But uh, Michigan, Penn State, first two out, according to Shelby. A couple of Big Ten teams there. That, that could be very key, you know, the number of teams that a conference gets. I mean, even with that, by the way, he has the Big Ten getting nine. With Michigan and Penn State as his first two out, he has the Big Ten getting nine. Man, that seems like a lot. For a conference that is just so mediocre. I mean, are we sure about 17-win Iowa? And he's got them comfortably in. He's got them they could lose out and they're in. Well, this is where, God forbid, FAU loses a conference championship game and they're not going to get in instead of a Michigan or a Penn State or an Iowa. That's just, that's the part that bothers me. And if it was my Spartans, I'd feel the same way. If they if they get, if they're not good enough, if they're a bubble team, I want the mid-major in. I don't care who it is. It, Mark, the system FAU's is set up to screw the mid-major every year. FAU's 25 and 3 with a week left in their conference regular season. Oral Roberts is 26 and 4. And that team did damage in the tournament last year. Charleston is 27 and 3. Just going to bring them up. 27 and 3. By the way, Drake and Bradley are going to play for the Missouri Valley regular season title on Saturday. Drake's 24 and 6. Bradley's having their best regular season in 15 years. The game's in Bradley, in Peoria, for the regular season Missouri Valley Conference title. You throw in a couple of tournament wins for each team. They're going to, in theory, Mark, they face one another in the Missouri Valley Conference championship game. You could have like a 20, two 26 win teams facing each other. Maybe even one of them with 27 wins. You, I mean, really? We can't give them, even put them in a play in. I mean, really, there's not a spot for two out of the Missouri Valley? Are we sure? And the Big Ten could get 11, potentially? I mean, what is this, SEC softball? Drives the two of us nuts. It does. 
It does. Because they don't take anything away. You know, I mean, and I don't think Rutgers is a tournament team, but you lose four out of five, your best player's gone. They with these losses, they haven't dropped all that much. I mean, they're they're in pretty solidly. Right. And I do think, and it sucks, but if you're a team that loses your best player, and because of it, you end the regular season, say, losing five out of seven, and say you win one, lose one in your conference tournament. So you end up with 19 wins and lose six of your final eight. Yeah, when you were healthy, no doubt you were a top six, seven seed. You ain't healthy. I mean, right now, I mean, if Rutgers staggers to the finish here, say they go two and two in their last four between regular season and the Big Ten tournament, what are they going to be, like 19 and 13? Yes. Something ridiculous like that? I, I mean, you know, without their best player, is that a tournament team? Uh, I love Rutgers. I'm biased, but not really. So... But anyway, those are the schools that right now, FAU, Oral Roberts, Charleston, Drake, if you will, who has the better resume out of the Missouri Valley as opposed to Bradley. Those are the four, you know, you could throw in Utah Valley, but that's getting a little crazy. But there's four, Mark. There's FAU, Oral Roberts, Charleston, and Drake. Well, and, I, and I'm sorry, West Virginia's 16 and 12. They're 5 and 10 in conference. They don't deserve to be in the tournament. I'm, I don't care that the Big 12 is the best conference in the country. You can't go 5 and 10 in conference and tell me you should get in before a team like a Drake or an FAU if they happen to lose their conference title game. There's just no way. So according to Shelby, the Big 10's got nine, and their first two out are Michigan and Penn State. According to Shelby, the Big 12 has eight. And on his list of first four out is Texas Tech, who I believe in the standings, Mark, is tied with West Virginia. They're two of the bottom three teams in the Big 12. Identical records, David. They're both 5-10 and in conference and 16-12 and overall. Identical. So he's got West Virginia in the play-in, and he's got Texas Tech on the outside looking in. So it's it's still doable that the Big Ten can get 11. That's 11 out of 14, right? Yes. Good question, though. I mean, we all <laughs> oh, got to be updated from time to I time. Year to year, you got guys coming and going, the whole deal, you know. And then uh, the Big 12 looks like 8 out of 10, but could still be 9. This really does look like SEC softball. You sure we can't find a spot for FAU, for Drake, for Charleston, for For Bradley if they happen to lose? Come on. Yeah, like what if Bradley wins this weekend? So they are technically the one seed. They've won the regular season Missouri Valley, but Drake beats them in the conference final. So Drake gets the automatic bid, and Bradley's, you know, what are they? Probably end up with about 24 wins, something like that. Seriously? Can't put them in a play-in, and Shelby doesn't have Bradley considered for an at-large bid. I mean, he's got he's got him in the others considered for an at-large bid, but that means that they're no better than eleventh out. He's Correct. got the first four out, the next four out of the first four out. David mentioned Michigan and Penn State, New Mexico and Texas Tech are the other two, and then Oregon. I'm sorry, then uh, North Carolina, Utah State, Seton Hall, and Clemson. So you have two of the eight teams that are not from power conferences. 
Right. Two of the eight. New Mexico and Utah State. I will say, though, think about where he's got North Carolina right now. North Carolina's five spots out of the tournament. Preseason number one, lost in the title game a year ago. North Carolina. I mean, don't get me wrong. That that year Hubert Davis had last year, you know, that's an all-timer. Beat Coach K in his final home game, then beat him in the final four when they never played before. I mean, you know, that's you've got two, three years, no matter what you do after that first year. But if you had said to a Carolina fan when they were preseason number one, hey, uh, 20 bucks, you don't make the tournament this year. And by the way, the last four in, too, David, are all Power 5 teams. USC, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Mississippi State. Right. Uh, Got to admit, USC had a nice road win last night at Colorado. Their last three games are three quad ones and a quad two. And they just won one of them. I think they go to Utah this weekend, and then they have the Arizona schools that come to them. I mean, to me... If USC goes three and one, they're definitely in. But I even think if they go two and two, unless they lose their first game in the Pac-12 tournament, I think they'll be in. But I'm just making the point that of these final 12 teams, two of them are from non-power fives. It is so difficult with the way this system is set up to for the mid-major to get in in an at-large team. They have made it harder and harder and harder. Here's the funny thing, though. USC would only be the third Pac-12 team to get in. That's how few bids the Pac-12 is getting. Like the Missouri Valley, or excuse me, the Mountain West. Right now, the Mountain West is getting projected to have as many bids as the Pac-12. Oh, and by the way, USC and UCLA leave the conference, so that's one team remaining in the Pac-12 that's getting a bid for the tournament. That would be Arizona. And that's the big thing that's in play in college football right now. CBS and Turner are out. ESPN is reportedly out. Nobody wants to give the Pac-12 any money for their football games. The Athletic Mark did a tremendous story. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I think it was Dennis Dodd uh, did a great story for CBSSports.com in which he detailed um, the top-rated football games in the last two years that, for the Pac-12 that did not involve USC or UCLA. And basically, Oregon has to be involved. If Oregon's not involved, you don't get any rating whatsoever. Oregon had one or two games in which they drew like $4 million. Uh, I think an Oregon-Washington game, you know, had a pretty good rating. But you could see, by the way, that with USC and UCLA leaving, why it is no one's bidding. I mean, they're they're hoping to get the thirty million per school that the Big Twelve is providing for their schools. And you understand if you're Oregon or Washington right now, how desperate you are to get to the Big Ten. Because if not, your athletic programs, your athletic programs as you know them, will not be the same. They just won't. Now, Oregon will be able to be propped up by Phil Knight's money. I get that. Apparently, by the way, Kevin Warren, the outgoing Big Ten commissioner, wanted the Big Ten to expand further, and he wanted Oregon and Washington at the very least. One of the articles that I read in which they said, you know, it actually played a role in him leaving. Because remember, it's not like they consulted him for USC and UCLA. <laughs> so he was actually trying to put his stamp on Big Ten expansion. And when they said, no, 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 we're good. 
he may have come to the conclusion, well, what the heck do I need to be here? What, what am I doing here, by the way? Where was I when they even made this decision? I was in Europe. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's a little rundown of where the brackets are and a little rundown of where the Pac-12 is because the Pac-12 is in serious trouble. They're talking about San Diego State and trying to expand with some of the teams at SMU. All right. Boise's not getting talked about at all either. They're getting left out. No, no. Right They're not now, wanted San by Di- the Pac-12. Yeah, it's San Diego State and SMU are the two that they're talking about. Meanwhile, you got the two Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, that are an inch away from going to the Big 12. And you got Oregon and Washington who desperately want to go to the Big 10. Miller and Moulton. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Thanks so much for uh, being with us. Hey, uh, there's a lot of news coming out about Russell Wilson. Yes, there is. So um, uh, where do you want to start here? The Athletic did a story in which this is how bad things got in Seattle. That You know why ultimately they traded him? Because apparently he went to ownership and he said, I want the coach and the GM fired. <laughs> so apparently ownership met, met with the coach and the GM who said, well, I guess it's time we, uh, we, we stop trying to salvage this. <laughs> but the irony is, is who did he want as his head coach? Sean Payton. So everything worked out for everybody. Pete keeps his job. Russ goes to Denver and he gets Sean. After a year where he had his own office, his own staff, and everybody running around Denver. Taking care of his every need. So apparently now Russell Wilson has posted a video in which he has given himself a nickname. Oh, no. Oh, God, not again. Now, first off, you can't do that, right? No. I mean, did Magic give himself Magic? No. No. You know, Julius Irving did not give himself Dr. J. You know, I mean. It was either a headline or a magazine. Now, Ali did call himself the greatest. All right. I, I mean. You know, I'm sure we could think back historically. There's probably been a few who have given, like LeBron did not call himself as King James. They, they, meaning the media, right? Put him on the the cover and put the crown on his head, right? Right. Did did the media make him King James? They did. Um. By the way, if you were to give yourself a nickname. I mean, don't you have to give yourself like something jazzy, something. First off, you just don't do it. (laughs) Okay, that's that's the first thing. I've had a bunch of different nicknames in my life. None of them. I didn't come up with one. Hey, guys, can you start calling me this? 
Right. But if you did, particularly with that voice, doesn't it have to be exceptional? Well, that's, gonna give I was even going to think of something right now, and it's like, I'm scared to just blurt something out. I would want to be called this because it would sound – no. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, think about the person that you're using as a sounding board. Hey, I'm thinking of giving myself a nickname. I mean, it's got to be somebody who never goes public with this, you know, because it's bad enough whatever it is you're going to choose. But then, you know, when the media gets to you and goes, hey, uh, he chose blankety blank, but what were some of the other things that he considered? Oh, you'll love this. You know, imagine if, you know, you and I were the sounding board for each other and we started disclosing what it is our nicknames would be. So um, apparently, Russell Wilson posted a video, which I have not seen. I don't follow Russell Wilson. He's a, he's a little dorky. I mean, I'm dorky enough. Do I need to follow dorky people? No. I want to follow diva wide receivers. Now, he's a diva quarterback, but I'm more interested in diva wide receivers. Got to be honest. Apparently, his nickname is his alter ego. His alter ego? What is he, Bruce Wayne and Batman? (laughs) Now, I have not seen this. I am reading a story about this, but he calls himself Mr. Unlimited. Oh, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, that was last year, but yes, it's still super cringe. Mr. Unlimited. 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 So apparently he came up with this a while ago, and he's bringing it back. Oh, boy. Listen, here's my thought. As long as he doesn't, was it let's ride? Yeah. Okay. As long as that is dead and buried, I don't care what he. I do for this reason. If I'm covering the team, every question after a bad game is the following. Russ, looks like you were limited today by the X defense. Why? (laughs) So. You call yourself Mr. Unlimited, and yet you didn't run for any yards and you threw four interceptions today. It seems as if you were limited. Do you have any thoughts about changing your name? He'll probably ask for you to be fired. It's his alter ego, which apparently he, you know, he was going down this road when he was in Seattle. Apparently this is not new. It's just it was so bad two, three years ago that we forgot about it. We're like, we're going to give him a pass. Because remember, this is when let Russ cook. You know, this is when he was on the way to the Hall of Fame. You know how it is. When you're really good, we let things slide. Once you start to slide, we bring back up all your mistakes. So, just saying. Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. Uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll get some of that. I so want hard knocks in Denver. I know it's not going to be. Change the rules. I, honestly, change the damn rules. Sean Payton's there. He's kicked out all of Russell Wilson's coaches and trainers and everybody. Took the office away. Apparently, Russ was holding his own quarterback room meetings with his quarterback coach. Not 
Nathaniel yeah, Hackett. I don't know how any of this was even allowed, David. I, I really don't know for the life of me how they let things like this happen. But what is this dude's problem? Why does he think that he's the greatest quarterback ever and that he has such power over an entire NFL organization? Because they allowed it. <laughs> because he's always gotten paid. I mean, he's negotiated two big contracts when it's come time to Russ to cook and Russ to get paid. Russ has cooked and gotten paid. Went to two Super Bowls, won one, should have won a second. He's been a spectator at several others where he sits next to the commissioner for these games. I mean, right. have you He's not seen married him? To a bombshell. I get a, I get that. I mean, you wonder why he feels good about himself. It's this just is why it's disrespectful to whatever organization he's a yes. part of. Yes, yes. But the organization, this organization, allowed it. Seattle didn't. Right. And Russ took his ball and went home. And now it's in Denver, and they let him do what he want, and that ended quickly. Good. I mean, think think about it. they fired Hackett, they brought in Sean Payton. Sean Payton ain't taking any of this crap. Well, remember, I would talk about what a great liar Sean Payton is. He looks right at the media. He goes, "Really? He had his own quarterback coach." <laughs> okay, he had his own office. People had room with the bill. I had never heard that before. Huh. Well, that's not going to happen with me as coach, but oh, that's interesting. I mean, he said that with, look, didn't blink, straight face, looked right at the media and said, huh, that's news to me. I think Johnny Max came up with a great question in the Twitch chat room, however. You can text it in at 21,000. What's your alter ego name? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can I go Queso? You could. David Queso Moulton. I have a name that I use for food orders just because I'm tired of people misspelling Felipe. So I just <laughs> I just say Philip. That's fine. Yeah, it's a bo- it's a boring alter ego. I want it with it for, is Felipe. Boring. I mean, come on, or Felipe. Phil, Phil. But either way. Felipe is exciting. It's, it is. It's, it's exotic. It's it has distinguished. It, it has some. Right. It has. It, it truly has some sexiness to it. Felipe. Oh yeah, right. Phil sounds like a plumber. <laughs> right. Oh, it does. It's sad because when I came to Fort Myers, I introduced myself as Felipe to everyone. But it's like yeah, I'm just gonna call you Phil, and I'm like ah. Okay. I mean, at least Philly. We call you. At least that gives you a little more. Oh, yeah, Phil, uh, right. Yeah, and I've been called Philly Phil in the past, but you know, it's fine. Call me whatever you want. So I can use it as a nickname and an answer to our poll question today, National Tortilla Chip Day. What do you want to dip your tortilla into? Salsa, guac, or queso? You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes till the top of the hour, 17 until we're out of here. The bonus hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Have some fun with us. Vote in our poll question. National Tortilla Chip Day. So, what are you dipping it in? Salsa? Queso? Guac? It's a good question, isn't it? It's a lot better than we normally do, be honest. That Mark Miller, the David Moulton, FL Sports Network, all on Twitter. Or go to floridasportsnetwork.com and vote. And while you're there, download some of what you missed on the show. It's where our podcasts are always posted. Getting people texting me new nicknames, <laughs> tweeting me new nicknames. It's fine. <laughs> I've had no problem with any of them so far. 
are any of them good? Are any of them like you know? Might even tell the wife about this one tonight. No, just someone came up with double M. I've heard that one before. That's that's one that's been out there. Uh, you know, I mean, right. If you were a boxer, don't you think that's what we would have come up with in this corner? And we go through it. The sixth ranked contender from Saginaw, Michigan. He comes in with a record of twenty one and two. Give it up for Mark Double M Miller. Wow, Miller. What about Miller Time Miller? Huh. I'll, no. I'll take anything. You know, that, I'm not that worried about it. Okay. But because you know, it's it's they're all when I the hockey world, I became Flash at one place. I had a, another nickname of Woody before that. That's I was Woody all through late high school and college. And my friends that I moved in with in Georgia, a couple of them that I knew from from back in Michigan, they were calling me Woody. A couple of the hockey players were like this close. And one day I was dubbed the Saginaw Flash because of my blazing speed. And Flash, <laughs> the, my boss, fall, fell over and started laughing and with his southern accent, went, Saginaw Flash! And it was done. It was over. And so for the next couple of years, that's what I was. In grade school, I was Mo. Because apparently there was a David Martinez. He went by Dave. There was a David Moulton. He went by David. Okay, and so in order to alphabetically separate us, M-A-M-O, one became May, one became Mo. Lasted all to high school. Mo's pretty cool, though. Thank you, Felipe. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, Mo well, money. That's, that's, that, those are the kind of drops that we are really coming to expect from you, Felipe. <laughs> Mo's pretty cool. <laughs> yep. We'll, we'll say we could make that its own little drop-in right there. Okay. You actually, you actually have found your own drop-in. That was, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. All right, are we doing this? It's time for someone to take back this. Segment. Now he's trying if to produce. No Wait, stop David from talking about Megan and Harry. Here's Mark Miller with "Today Was the Day When." Today was a great day in getting rid of halitosis because DuPont begins commercial production of the nylon toothbrush today in 1938. Solid. 1963 in the 5th Daytona 500, Tiny Lund, driving for Wood Brothers, wins. Today in 1975, Led Zeppelin released Physical Graffiti. Maybe their best album. It was today in 1980 that the U.S. comes from behind to beat Finland and win gold at Lake Placid. For the rest of your life. To your blank and grave. Yep. Uh, Prince Charles announces engagement to Lady Di today in 1981. That worked out well for everyone involved. Really did. Today in 82, Gretzky would score his... NHL record 78th goal of the season en route to 92. Past Espo, right? Yeah. Didn't Espo have 77? Today in 89, Roberto Duran wins his fourth title in different weight divisions as he beats Iran Barkley in a 12-round split decision. He was 37-year-old winning the WBC middleweight title, proving to everyone that he was a gigantic badass. It was the fight of the year. In 89, it is one of the best damn fights. It was, I believe, in Atlantic City. I think Trump had it. At it was. Hotel. Okay. It was awesome. And when you think that that's nine years after he beat Sugar Ray Leonard in Montreal, 
an eight and a half after he said no mas in New Orleans. Unbelievable fight. Today in 1998, Elton John was knighted. 2013, Jimmy Johnson wins his second Daytona 500. Danica Patrick would start from the pole in that race and have the best ever finish by a woman finishing eighth. She was second heading into the final lap, and nobody wanted to draft with her. They hung her out to dry. And in 2018, David, a great day in our nation's history. The U.S. did it. Curling gold. Curling gold today in 2018. Were you there? No, no. Taking it in on TV like the rest of the world. (laughs) Celebrating in that monumental curling victory. (laughs) Those celebrating birthdays that are no longer with us. Honus Wagner. Abe Vigoda. That's really just for David and I. And Steve Jobs. Those that are celebrating birthdays. Phil Knight is 85. George Thorogood is 73. Eddie Murray is 67. Manor Reom is 51. Simeon Rice is 49. Zach Johnson is 47. And Floyd Mayweather Jr. is 46 years old today. Probably could still win the title in at least one weight division. I was going to say, it only gets hit seven times in the fight. It's tough to lose that way. And that was today was a day when, unless I missed anything, David. Well, you know, Mark, I got to be honest. It would be helpful if I was actually paying attention to my list, okay, while you were going through yours. Okay. so It does help from time to time. Right. So since I wasn't really paying attention, okay, you know, we'll just go with yours. We'll just say that I batted a 1,000 today, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Good job by you. (laughs) You've heard folks elsewhere mock Florida is gonna Florida. Well, Mark Miller sees it differently. He calls it the good, the bad, and the ugly. What you got, Mark? Goods have been hard to find, and I liked this story. And it's a little kind of a, it's sporting, not a sport. But we go to the UK, where Nick Ganging caught a 44-pound, 7-ounce pike in Somerset, England. Looks like it's as big as him. Pound off the British record. How big? 40, nearly 45 pounds. 44 pounds, 7-ounce pike. Damn. That's huge. Think about when you, like, pack your luggage and it's 40 or so pounds and they charge you at 50. So you put your luggage on the thing and you go, good, I don't have to pay for this. Think about how heavy that luggage is. Man. For the bad, we go to Fort Myers, where apparently everything was going to plan for Jason Parrish earlier this week when it sounded like his car was under attack. He said, bam, something hit my car. Bam, bam, another one. Thought he hit something. He was relieved it was just eggs on his car. The eggs left a scratch mark. He was hitting three different places, but someone is throwing eggs along McGregor Boulevard. First off, who can afford to egg a car right now? (laughs) Good point. Are you kidding me? Where are you getting these eggs? So be on the lookout if you're on McGregor. Finally, the ugly. We go to Pennsylvania where a Pennsylvania man is facing charges after he called 911 and said he was hit by a baseball bat after walking into his ex's house at 3 in the morning. 
He's now facing burglary, trespassing, and disorderly conduct charges after he called police at 317 in the morning, telling dispatch he was hit in the head with a baseball bat. Not only was he not hit with the baseball bat, he broke into his ex's house. And she tried to push him to make him leave. He didn't leave. You got to move on, dude. And then making up a story that he hit with a baseball bat. I wish she would have. And that's the good, the bad, and the ugly on today, February the 24th, 2023. Not a big night in college basketball, although it is a big game tonight at FGCU. There's one nationally ranked game tonight, Xavier and Seton Hall, 7 o'clock FS1. But 7 o'clock at Alico, last home game of the year for the men. They beat Austin P. They're in the A-Sun tournament. They're an 11.5-point favorite. Now, Austin P. just got done having three guys suspended for a game because you may have seen there was a bit of a brawl at the end of their game against North Florida a few days ago. I've heard their leading scorer is not going to play tonight. But Austin P's in last place in the A-Sun. FGCU's tied for 10th in the 14-team league. Top 10 make the A-Sun tournament. FGCU with a win is in. If they lose, then they need Jacksonville to lose at home to Eastern Kentucky. It's a big game for Eastern Kentucky. They win it. They're the four seed. That gives them two home games. Okay, so Eastern Kentucky's got a lot to play for tonight. FGCU's opponent has nothing to play for tonight. I like the Eagles' chances to snap the five-game home losing streak and make the A-Sun tournament. Tomorrow, a couple of big basketball games college-wise. Indiana and Purdue play one another, but the Canes are taking on Florida State. They should win that game. Virginia's on the road at North Carolina. We all know North Carolina's not had a quad one win yet, but as Miami's trying to get that regular season title, they have it in their own hands, but they could actually clinch it tomorrow with a win and a Virginia loss. Heat back in action after the All-Star break tonight. ESPN 730. They're in Milwaukee. Kevin Love. That is true. Yeah. Maybe also Cody Zeller. Yeah, Kevin Love. Panthers home tonight for the Sabres. Sabres just went overtime and beat the Lightning last night. Don't you have to bet the Panthers hard tonight back-to-back for the Sabres? Yeah, they're minus 205 are the Panthers in that game against Buffalo. Buffalo scores, though. I will say that. You you better be ready to play. They give up a lot of goals, but Buffalo can score. Six last night. That Thompson player is ridiculous. Would be an absolute embarrassment tonight if FGCU doesn't win and doesn't make the A-Sun tournament. Absolute embarrassment. After 22 wins last year, not making the A-Sun tournament with the players they had back. And also, you know, they've lost 10 of their last 13. Most people think they have top five talent in the league. So, yeah, they got to get it together. I'll say this. They may catch a break, Mark, if they win – the way the A-Sun's doing it, nine plays 10, and the winner plays the one seed. Well, if Kennesaw State wins tonight, they're the one, not Liberty. So FGCU, A, would only have to travel to basically Atlanta, 
play, I think it would be Queens College or North Florida on a neutral floor at Kennesaw. And if they win the very next night, they'd play Kennesaw. That's a lot better than playing Liberty. Just saying. I mean, I could make the case you'd rather be in the 9-10 slot than the 7-8 slot if Kennesaw wins tonight. And I think the ASUN tournament starts like Monday next week. And there's no time here. Well, it's certainly been a disappointing year for the FGCU men. The women do what they do. They just win. Yeah, they won by 35 on the road last night. And still don't know if they get an at-large bid if something were to happen in the conference tournament. That's the pathetic part. Yeah, they're like projected as an 11 seed, which is like right on the cusp. But if they lose, their projection would go down. Well, remember last year, they got a 12 seed. I mean, they won 30-plus games. And they got a 12 seed with a WNBA player on their roster. And basically the tournament said, the committee said, uh, if you guys didn't win the ASIN tournament, we weren't put you in. So that's a little bit what's going on with FGCU, both on the men and the women's side as we get ready for a nice weekend of sports. Although you won't know it because NHL hockey tomorrow, they're managing to put the Penguins and Blues on national TV in a game that we all need to see with uh, Edmonton playing tomorrow as well. But why would you want to put the best player in the world on television? To be honest, you know the game they should put on tomorrow is Tampa and Detroit. Don't they play tomorrow? They do, tomorrow night. Yeah, That's actually the game we should see. First off, both teams bring ratings. And... Both are in the playoffs if the season ended today. I actually think ABC would love the Red Wings to start getting good. They draw on that sport. They've got fans from coast to coast. They're one of the few draws that there are on television that is not a New York-type team. By the way, Blades at home tonight. And uh, they re-signed McCarron here recently. I don't know if he's in the lineup or not, but Blades home for the weekend as well. And we hope you have a great weekend wherever your travels take you, if you're doing some local sports or if you're just out on the town. We'll do it all over again on Monday. We thank you so very much for listening. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back on Monday morning. Miller and Moulton right here on the Florida Sports Network.